0: How important is cleansing? Good morning, and thank you for joining us once again. Please visit us at BenChurchOfChrist.org, where you can find service times, our email address, and even learn about podcasts. That's BenChurchOfChrist.org. The image of clean and dirty is one of the many vivid pictures painted throughout our Bible. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, we should learn the importance of cleanliness. Cleanliness. We read from the prophet Isaiah in chapter one, verse 16, wash you after going into great detail of how they had become unclean, wash you and make you clean. Put away your evil doings from before mine eyes cease to do evil. I want to start by asking another question, and it seems out of the blue. John the Baptist appeared baptizing in the wilderness. We read in Mark chapter one. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Why was there not a question as to why would he be doing this? Where did this concept of dipping people in water come from, baptizing them? This seems rather odd, doesn't it? So unusual for people to do. But was it? The Hebrew writer tells us that the law, the old law, having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of the things, can never with those same sacrifices, which they offered continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. It was a shadow. We understand what a shadow is. It is a form of the image, yet we don't see the detail. When we look back at the old law in a number of places, we can see a form that came into very living, colorful detail in the New Testament. So let's talk about this concept of cleanliness. We go back to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus was uh, the book where the rules, the regulations for the most part was given to the tribe of Levi when it come to their working with the tabernacle and the temple and all of the ceremonies and all of the rituals and all of the rites and and all of those things that had to do with their worship to God. And in first in Leviticus chapter 14, There are regulations concerning skin diseases. We see in verses 14 and 17 uh, rules, regulations given by God describing when one was deemed contaminated or unclean by God and what was necessary for them to do to no longer be unclean. We read in Leviticus 14 verses 8 and following, And he who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes Shave all off his hair, bathe himself in water, and he shall be cleaned. And after that, he may come into the camp, but live outside his tent seven days. And then on the seventh day, shave off all his hair from his head, his beard, his eyebrows. Shall Shave off all his hair, and when he has washed his clothes and bathe his body in water, he shall be clean. A little bit later in Leviticus chapter 15, God discussing concerning bodily fluids, and I believe this could be referencing sexual diseases, and time and time again, bathe in water. In Leviticus chapter 16, giving regulations concerning the Day of Atonement. Now, the Day of Atonement was an annual celebration. It was a very special, a very sacred day in which the high priest was allowed to enter the most holy place of the tabernacle. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was, and that's where God descended and met the high priest, if you will. High priest was told to go in and sprinkle blood upon the cover of the Ark of the Covenant for an atonement for the sins of the people. What do we read about this? Leviticus 16 and 23. Aaron, high priest, shall come into the tent of the meeting, shall take off the linen garments that he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there he shall bathe his body in water in a holy place and put on his garments and come out and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make an atonement for himself and the people. And the fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar and he who lets the goat go shall wash his clothes as well. Back to the text. He who lets the goat shall wash his clothes and bathe his his body in water and afterward he may come into the camp. And the bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make an atonement in the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp. Their skin and their flesh and their dung shall be burned with fire. He who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. Other examples were very similar. The writer of the book of Hebrews talks about the day of atonement and these washings which the people did. The word washings in the at the end of verse number 10 is an interesting word, baptismos. Let's look at this. Hebrews chapter 9, the English Standard Version says, beginning in verse number 6, These preparations have thus been made. The priests go regularly into the first section, performing their ritual duties, but into the second section holiest of holies only the high priest goes and he but once a year and not without taking blood which he offers for himself for the unintentional sins of the people by this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way in the holy place is not yet open as long as the first section is still standing according to this arrangement gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot be perfect that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper but deal only with food and drink and various washings regulations 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 for the body imposed under the time of Reformation. As we come into the New Testament, we read about a man named John, who was given an important task about preaching that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. We read in Matthew chapter 3, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair, a leathern girdle about his loins, his meat was locusts and wild honey. He went out to him in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and all the region about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw that many of the Pharisees and Sadducees came to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you from the wrath to come? The message that John had was that all Jews had to be purified, being made ready for the coming of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I think this better helps us understand the nature of John's baptism. John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. As Paul declares in Acts chapter 19, it was to get people prepared, paving the way, if you will, for the coming Messiah. In Mark chapter 1-4, John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. We shouldn't be thrown off by this, seeing that these ceremonial washings were always considered the way that God made the worshiper clean who was unclean, that these washings were what prepared them for the service that was about to begin. Those coming to John would not have thought that there was any magic in the Jordan River or if there was anything unusual about this act this wild man was performing. They recognized and they realized that this was a symbolic act of their hearts turning to God and away from their wickedness. This explains why John condemned the Pharisees and the Sadducees for coming to them because they came with the wrong intent in their heart. John seems to indicate that these hypocrites who had not come with a change in their heart and a desire for purification. In fact, the people of Israel were expecting immersion in water as a sign of the coming of the Messiah, as immersion in water was not a shocking new teaching, but it actually was expected. We read in the Gospel of John chapter 1, And this is the record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask John, Who art thou? He confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then, art thou Elias? He said, I am not. Art thou a prophet? John answered, no. They said unto him, who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that send us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent of the Pharisees, they asked and said, Why baptized thou then, if thou be not Christ, nor Elias, neither the prophet? John answered and said, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I am not worthy to unloose. Those looking for the Messiah would expect to hear the prophets require the people of God to ask for a cleansing process to prepare them. Peter stood up in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. He did not say something that people had never heard of before. That was immersion in water is needed for cleansing. What was new was the fact that Jesus Was the king, Jesus was the Messiah, and it was through his blood, it was through his power, not the blood of bulls and goats, but it was through his shedding of the blood that their sins were going to be taken away. We turn to Acts chapter 2. Ye men of Israel, hear these words Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. "...him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter, the rest of the apostles... Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did you testify and exhort, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received his word, were baptized the same day they were added about 3,000 souls. We read of Paul's conversion in Acts chapter 22, verse number 16. Ananias told Paul, why are you waiting? Arise, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Baptism was the way to be made clean by God. Ananias declared Paul needed to be cleansed from his contamination. The book of Hebrews, again, says the law having a good shadow of things to come. It continues in uh, chapter 10, verse number 4. It is not possible that the blood of bulls and coats should take away sins. And then verse number 11, every priest standeth daily ministering and oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. We continue reading and drop down into verse number 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. What is that referencing? The old law. Having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he opened, he consecrated for us, that is, through the veil, referencing the veil that separated the holiest from the most holy, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We close in 1 Peter chapter 3, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us, not the putting of the way of the filth of the flesh, as it was under the old law, but the answering of a good conscience toward God. What is a conscience? Doing what it is that we've been asked to do. Who's gone into heaven is on the right hand of God. Filth of the flesh in the old, good conscience in the new. And isn't that the reason Christ gave for being baptized? He said in Matthew chapter 3, It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Baptism in the New Testament was nothing new. It was a continuation of the process of cleansing that those folks knew about. An example we have of one wishing to be cleansed from their contamination. It is called washing of regeneration. It's called newness of life. It is called being born again. It was a necessary part of making something that had been contaminated clean again. It is a necessary act of obedience in the New Testament in our era that cleanses us not from the stain of filth, but from the stain of sin. Our time is gone. Thank you very much for visiting with us. We look forward to the visit next week at this time. Till then, we bid you a very blessed good day.